hey, everyone is adding to or detracting from their communities that they're a part of. The question becomes, how do we intentionally add value to the communities that we're a part of since it's inevitable that we're having some kind of impact on the people in those communities? Let's talk about it. You're listening to Above Approach Church Podcast, a podcast created for the local church. Our goal is to tackle tough church issues through thoughtful conversations like the one you're about to hear. Whether you're a church leader or a layperson, we pray this episode empowers you to play your role within the global, timeless family of God. This is Above Approach Church Podcast. Cultivating community through connection. Love it. That's the title of today's podcast. Listen, what we're going to do in this podcast, which is going to end up being a series, is uh, tackling what it means to cultivate a solid community as image bearers of God in every context we find Mm -hmm. ourselves, whether that's work environments in the community that revolves around the workplace, that is a community, um, the community that we call our church gatherings on Sundays and, and beyond, um, the community is called our household and our families. You know, mm-hmm. there are these different pockets of communities in our life, and every single person in, on the planet right now is either adding to or detracting from the intended, you know, culture mm-hmm. of the communities that they're a part of. So, Tanner, you've outlined fantastically for us. Full disclosure: Tanner mapped this whole series out all by himself. He big boy, big boy. And uh, today we're tackling what it means to cultivate community, specifically through connection points as image bearers of God as 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 parts of the body and then the next week we'll talk about cultivating community through our communication hmm. and then we'll talk about cultivating community through collaboration I love alliteration because all the C's it's the, cultivating it's a three point sermon <laughs> you sure yeah. learned from Pastor Stuart uh, Fraser didn't you thanks Stuart we appreciate you <laughs> he's the master of alliteration when it comes to preaching well yeah. it helps you remember things it does it does there's, a, there's for sure a beauty in that I don't obsess as much as I used to over <laughs> that stuff because I'm more of a I wonder how much you laughed when you saw me putting that together and <laughs> I actually didn't laugh at all this okay, time good. unless you make up words today. Time. So today the question Every we're going to start off Where's with Where's our button? Is oh I didn't make the button. We're going to make a button next episode that says is that a word? And it's going to be goofy music <laughs> and maybe like some <laughs> funny words with Tanner. Um with some kazoo in the background maybe Made kazoo up kids. <laughs> how can we as creators Okay, assuming that image bearers of God are creating in some capacity, which I do believe everyone is. Yeah. Okay, how can we as creators, Christian creators, cultivate a Christ-centered culture in the communities that we are? I'm going to say a part of, yeah. rather than establishing, yeah, sure. because that can almost put the culture all on your shoulders. Sure, I'm establishing a culture here. Mm. Well, in some in some ways you are, sure. yeah, especially as the leader. But you have help. But you are absolutely. We talked about that last uh, episode. Actually, check it out. Go on. What do you mean? <laughs> we talked about how you're not alone in uh, in things that you're not only what you're going through, but how you're leading as well. Um, last episode, we we're talking about when uh, that inner critic hits you hard and you feel like you're alone, but actually you're not because you have people that you are not only leading but that are helping building you up so anyways i'm just repeating what i said last episode basically go watch it listen to it whatever how you do it on all these platforms 
Why are you laughing at me? You know the video of Inwardly. the football team? There's, a, there's like a, a, they say it's a girl who's oh. playing on the, on the football team. Uh-huh. In another version of the video, they say it's it's a kid who has some kind of uh-huh. maybe special needs. <laughs> no. Okay. And and usually in, in that situation, you mm-hmm. let the kid score a touchdown. Yeah. When he gets the ball, you yeah. congratulate him. So what happens is, because you said, you know, it hits you hard. <laughs> this is what <laughs> I this, Okay. This is what I this picture is, it Yeah, does. this is how Jason's so mind my works, brain by the way. goes here. Yeah. The kid gets the football. Every, the rest of the defense makes and it this clear is real, path right? for him. This it's is clear. real. It's real. Some say it's a girl. Some say it's a kid. With spe- Either way, <laughs> it's someone that you're supposed to go, let them score. Get out of the way, and everyone's cheering. Yeah, he's getting close. Out of out of nowhere, someone flies into the frame of the camera and destroys the whoever is holding that football. And the whistle blows, and everyone has their hands on their heads, like, "Dude, what did you just do? You monster!" <laughs> That's what I picture the critics doing to clobbering us. Clobbering, it hits time. us hard. And so, you know, your communities are going to get hit hard with everything that you can think of, including the inner critic. So as Christian creators, we are, um, we shouldn't be accidentally establishing a culture. No. I think there are some things, and let, let me go here for a minute. There are some things that we accidentally establish that end up being good. Sure. So I, I don't, I, there's not intentionality behind everything that ends uh-huh. up happening for my faithfulness. Sometimes the chips wall, fall where they do. The chips fall where they do and God ha- does what he wants with my faithfulness. Then I look mm. back and go, I wasn't trying to establish that, but you paved the way for that to be established. Yeah. But there is a degree of intentionality behind cultivating a Christ-centered culture in mm. our churches, in our homes, yeah. in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, and taking on the level of responsibility we're supposed to have to mm. do that mm. instead of blaming it all on someone else and the culture set by the boss. And maybe he does have an impact, but mm. you also play a role. So how yeah. can we cultivate a Christ-centered culture more intentionally? Yeah, I think the stereotypical answer um, to that is, well, just put God first. And I I understand that, and I know that that's like the fundamental like root of it, basically, is I think the best way to put it. But I think practically when we're talking about this conversation is to just how do we how do we inter, uh, interweave the uh, core values that we have as um, leaders or um, as people who are again cultivating your community um, practically just looks like how am I taking steps to plant seeds um, in my community to ultimately bring in who God needs to bring in now I do understand as well though and on the other side of things that there may be things that happen on accident or God brings people in that might not even necessarily in our minds fit in right but I think that's purposeful though Um, sure and I think ultimately, like no matter what your core values are, God will bring in who he wants to bring in. And I think from there, that's where the importance of your core values come into play because you don't waver because somebody comes into the picture and they have a different view of things, right? So I think ultimately, uh, the the practical way to create um, and cultivate in a, a Christ-centered manner 
is take steps of planting seeds of this is how we do things as the kingdom of God, mm. as we create, we do pray, uh, we do worship, we do establish these set of rules because we have standards, you know, dif- different things like that. Mm-hmm. I think those are kind of the practical steps. And then from there, there, there are some things like we, we talked about a couple of episodes ago, you know, we manage what we can control. And from there, I just, I implement what I feel like God is calling me to do. So I think that's just the practical way to put it. You said that uh, we are intentionally trying to cultivate the core values we have. Mm-hmm. That assumes you know your core values yeah. and have core values. Right. So and it even starts take from a that. Step back, right. you know, have yeah. a standard, have core values, define those clearly, outline them, communicate them. I personally don't do that well enough, but you know, as sure. as leaders, we can grow. And you should think through what are the core values that you desire for your culture to have and embody, and have reasons behind those. Have mm-hmm. biblical precedents behind those um, make sure they line up with scripture and the character of Mm -hmm. god so you know obviously um when it comes to cultivating this involves a degree of connection Mm -hmm. i'm there's connection points between me and other individuals other image bearers of god right how i interact with them how i talk with them how i think about them Mm -hmm. how i treat them um how i function in relationship to the rest of the body is going to um uh, impact the surrounding culture yeah. it is yeah and so i can either play my role and fight against the grains of the intended culture mm-hmm. or or i rather go with the culture or i can choose not to play my role and fight against the grains of the culture yeah. if, I, if i wasn't clear so sure. um i think it does come down to knowing your role knowing the values that are established by the mm-hmm. leadership and and ultimately god who is over that and yeah. and knowing how your role your part your gifts play into forming that that community and culture there yeah if you don't know what the culture is what the intended values are mm-hmm. or you don't know what your role is you're yeah. gonna have a hard time cultivating and complementing what it is that the, the leadership there is trying to do and if you're in yeah. leadership and you don't set the tone yeah people are gonna be scrambling and confused right and it's just gonna leave a lot of people frustrated because uh, there's a set of expectations that aren't being communicated. Yeah. And so you're holding people to standards they're not even aware of. Saying, the culture here is this. Yeah. And like, where's that? When in the world have you said yeah. anything about culture, mm-hmm. Tony? Yeah. You know, never have. Yeah. My bad. You mm-hmm. know, so. And I think, too, like, even if you're, like, for example, uh, like, if you're the the CEO, if you're the head pastor of the church, if you're, um, you know, the the man of the household, right, the the head of the household, Um, there's just different, like if you're in that position, you still aren't necessarily setting these core values alone. At least you shouldn't be right. Cause I think that that puts you in a dangerous position of not only are you holding that back to yourself and people don't understand those core values that I think should be shared with the people that you're leading with. Like as a husband, I should be sharing with, you know, we should be agreeing on our core values, you know, in parenting or, um, in our marriage, you know, different things like that. So, and, and with that as well, like as a, as a principal of a school or something like that, you should be getting together with your teachers, like here, this is like what we stand on. And, you know, let's talk about this. Like it should be a conversation that happens. And, you know, when new people come or, you know, people go and, and, and move on, those things shouldn't necessarily change unless you realize that there is a need of change. If you, Mm -hmm. if you do feel like maybe I missed on something. So I think those are necessary conversations in order to, again, implement your why to implement these core values while you're leading um, and cultivating these communities. 
Yeah, some people think it is just on the leadership, the CEO, whatever it is. Right. And when you give one person that much power to set the tone for an entire organization or company mm. or, or church body, um, a lot of power is going to get to their head. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think anyone should have that much power. It should be a shared responsibility. Mm. Uh, you know, most churches function nowadays almost like an organization where you have the CEO and the visionary mm. leader setting the tone. And then everyone else is just kind of subordinate and they just, they're yes men. They go, yeah, yes, right. we're just here to say yes to what you've already decided mm. and not push back because we're scared of getting fired and we'll make that happen on, on the lower levels. Mm. And I don't think church is supposed to function like that. I, I do believe it's no. supposed to function with, as an eldership and such. But yeah. nonetheless, you know, when it comes to impacting communities, content comes up. Yeah. The way in which we we relate with content, the content we're distributing, the content we're digesting and also ding mm. ding ding you content creators, it involves the content you and I are creating. Mm. Music, art, photography, the worship that's coming out of that church. Mm. You know, um all the different con- the, the shorts, sermons. the the sermons, yeah. the and not even just in a church content. You think about work, the strategies, the models, mm. the um the the, the training service. videos, all those yeah. things are a form of content that is impacting your communities. Mm. So if your content is contrary to the culture you're trying to set, lots mm. of C's, mm. then you're going to frustrate the people there because you're saying one thing and saying, this is what we're about. But then the content you're creating and distributing and making them watch mm. and digest is 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 contrary to the culture. So yeah. I think um, the question becomes how much of an impact does content really have on our mm. communities? Um, there's a conversation I heard months ago uh, where this fellow was talking about how a lot of churches view content as as simply supplementary, meaning mm. they're like, hey, we disciple our people, and then there's content. Mm. And, and what he was trying to communicate was actually discipleship in our 21st century context, it does involve content. Mm. Content is actually a part of discipleship. Do you know why? Because all content is discipling you in a direction. Mm. Everything you watch and listen to and engage in, it's discipling you in a direction to think a certain way Mm. and move a certain way and live a certain way and talk a certain way. Mm. It is in that sense, discipling you. Yeah. Um, It doesn't have to be a person to do that. So there's ideas and philosophies that are bombarding you and content, even in the first century in the church, you know, the 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 content that was the poets the the philosophers the mm. historians of the day the writings the the cultural all that stuff mm. the Hebrew scriptures it was a part of the culture yeah there there was a unanimous agreement among the Hebrews that we you know build our lives our nation our heritage around this God and His Word mm. that's content. That content was supposed to form the entire culture of a nation. Mm. And so we have to think about how the the content we're creating, how it impacts. I do believe it has an impact. I just don't believe that ultimately content has the final say. And it's like, well, content's going to, you know, decide the fate of our nation and our, well, Mm. not really. It Mm. it is a factor. Yeah. It is a factor. So we need to see it as important in our discipleship strategy. Yeah. And in our culture, but I think equally is it. Equally as important, um, like with content, I think community is. I think ultimately in the end, your your bond with your community does have a say in, in a certain way, you know, how things kind of go. Um, 
I mean, I, that's simply said, like, I don't, I don't think content in the end is what's going to, you know, change lives ultimately in the end. Like, I think that can push towards your community, but I think honestly, it's the bond of the community that, that pushes, you know, mm-hmm. the answer to that. Think about it. There are communities that form around specific content. Mm-hmm. There are anime communities. There are sports communities, yeah. right? These are forms of content. There are podcast communities. There's music communities. What what that really is is a bunch of people that agree we have a value for this art or mm-hmm. this content or this but niche. But not everybody agrees in those and, things, And not right? even everyone agrees. Yeah. All they agree on is that we have a value for said kind of content or niche, mm. and we're gathering around that. The church, we're gathering around the Word of God yeah. as content. Right. Um, not to minimize the Word of God and just water it down to be only content, but mm. it is something that God delivers and impacts people. So I, I, all I'm saying is that the content you guys are gathering around mm. is having an impact on the culture that's being formed, yeah. on the community that's being formed in your household, mm-hmm. what you tolerate your kids to watch, what you and your spouse watch on Netflix at night when the kids go to bed, mm. what music you allow to play in the car as you're driving and running errands. All mm. of that, it does subconsciously train your kids, yourself, and your spouse to think, this is the culture of our home mm. and our family. Yeah. Um, and that's very important to recognize. Yeah. And it's very important to intentionally set some guidelines and mm-hmm. verbalize to your spouse and your kids, hey, we don't watch this. We do listen to this. Mm. Here's why. Because God says this, you know, and, and you make mm. God's word the ultimate standard for the decisions you make. So, yeah, I, I really like that you brought up that content doesn't necessarily have the final say because I think we have trained our minds to think that. Um, but now, like, looking at a bird's eye view, like, over this, I mean, conversation, it's cool to see that, like, there's different opportunities for people to see Jesus and be impacted by by not only the content, but, I guess, the, the method of, you know, pushing out the content. So, in, yeah. a, in a practical Distribution, way. Distribution, you mean? Yeah, and I think, like, in a practical way, like, there, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard where, uh, you know, people when they're older, uh, they were raised up in a, in a Christian home, but then kind of left for a little bit. But the reason why they came back is because either it was the, the posture of the parent's heart and they saw their parents at like worshiping and they saw the commitment of their parents and the church, they come back and are drawn back to that because they see the importance of, of the, you know, parents taking charge and saying, we need to be in a church community. Mm-hmm. We love Jesus. We worship and the passion that the parents have, or not only that, um, I had a train of thought, um, lost it, but anyways, yeah, but like, (laughs) hello train. Um, but no, I mean, you can see so many different stories where people see like the effort that somebody put into the, the content and they're, and they're, uh, inspired by that and it draws them back. And it wasn't necessarily that they heard all these Jesus stories and all those different things. It was, yeah, they remembered the stories, but they, they saw the passion in the people's heart. That's what I was going to say. They they realized the the heart that people had. Like People come back to the church because they're like, well, the, the church people were nice to me. The church people treated me well. And there's different stories like that. Yeah, you have your, you know, your, your church heard stories in between and things like that. But there's plenty of stories where people are like, yeah, I came back because the church people were the ones that prayed for me and they listened to me and all those different things. So I think community is as important as content is. That's really awesome that you brought that up. Yeah. And we need to learn how, whether it's in the church at home at in the workplace to um, be intentional about the kind of content we gather around and find common ground with people on. So, you know, if, if, if the way that I relate with my coworkers 
is through <laughs> almost a dank memes is through like garbage <laughs> thick media memes. No, I'm sorry <laughs> thick double c if, if that's the kind of content that i'm finding common ground with them on um christian memes cool. are okay though christian memes are fantastic yeah. they're mean, actually godly that you know? disciples so, me to be honest there is a there's a way in which content and, and and when I say content in a church setting, you know, you think sermon, you think the yeah, uh, all the way down to the announcements and the music you guys listen yeah. to and the the we're generalizing Bible study content when we're saying content all that or the it's shorts, be a word you know, we use a lot. all of that you know plays into uh, the the culture not that's being set, but also uh, what you're telling people is acceptable here. Mm. This is okay. This is okay to laugh at. This is okay to to watch. This is okay to this is what we rally around. So. When it comes to, we already answered that one pretty much. Yeah, um, cultivating community and intentionally setting the tone for a culture. What are some ways that we can be inviting two people who might not have shared values or core beliefs? Hmm. Um, how do we establish a sense of belonging without sacrificing our values? Hmm. So there are people who do not have the same value system as me. Yeah. They don't have the same core beliefs as I do. Yeah. But there is still a way in which I can involve them in community and, and, and reach my hand out and say, there's a community for you. Hmm. There's a culture at this community that is welcoming, but we will not budge on our values and our beliefs yeah. on the primary things. We, we will not uh, compromise and conform Mm. in any kind of way, but we're welcoming you. You know, so yeah. what are some ways that we can be inviting and have that godly mm-hmm. community um without compromising values or core beliefs? Yeah, I think this this kind of goes back to what I was saying a little bit, but um people might not be attracted to your content, but they are attracted to the community. And I think it's important to allow for those people to be in your community because maybe later on, not saying that like all oh, my content is correct, but you know, maybe we feel like our core but it values, is. yeah. <laughs> maybe our core values line up with scripture and we feel like it is solid, it is truth, right? So we, we do stand firm on it, right? Um, but I, I think we should give opportunity for people who might not, you know, be attracted to our content to, to maybe see um, development in their immaturity or even change in their thinking to where they can say, you know what, you know, maybe I do agree with them in this sort of sense. And it's because they value the community so much. So I think with that, a practical way to like set this up is like, we need to have an open mind of who might come in and who, who God might, you know, bring in like Andy Stanley open mind where we have room. See, for- I was going to bring that up earlier, but I didn't because I already mentioned a couple of episodes already that we've well, talked I'll be about happy before. to bring it up. Just did because this is a perfect, you know, conversation for that. Cause you know, one thing that he said is that, you know, you, you shouldn't be standing, you know, on a, a belief and project that belief onto people. But I think it is important to set those, the tone of your, your beliefs and your values because, God will bring in who he wants to bring in. And if mm-hmm. people disagree with that, then they can move on to a community that they, they would like to be a part of where, you know, they feel comfortable in because that's what they believe in. And they're comfortable yeah. with the, the core beliefs, but it's not your job to please people with your content. I mean, I think that's an important conversation when it comes to this, because the connect, the connectivity comes from the community, not necessarily from the content. So if people are rubbed wrong by, 
my content, then that's okay because there's people that are being impacted by it still. And I think that that's the important part about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I want to go with this, actually. <laughs> spark many thoughts. Let's just go with my, the YouTube live streams that I do sure. on, on a weekly basis. Yeah. So it's different than the typical church setting on a Sunday. You know, you sit in silence while the preacher just goes off and rains down hellfire. Um, in in our you know YouTube live stream Bible studies, I will be preaching, communicating, but there's a whole com- a microcosm of of community taking place in the chat. Yeah. Um, very diverse, and it's beautiful, right. yeah, and very sometimes diverse. it's frustrating. And it pisses people off, and there's mm. just all these different ranges. Okay, so in that, um, there is uh, a tone that's being set by the leadership in that in that comment section, as well as me and how I respond to certain comments and such. I mm. want people to feel welcome. I want yeah. people to to know that they can join and listen and be part of it. I don't want them to feel comfortable enough mm. to start. Uh, jumping on a soapbox mm. and screaming out contrary blasphemous ideas mm. while I'm preaching, yeah. while I'm going through the word of God. And, and the leadership does a fantastic job of shutting that garbage down. Yeah. Um, but we are very welcoming. And people have said that over and over, like people are literally not my content, but they are gathering a community is forming around mm-hmm. the content of the live stream. Sure. And so that's, that's where I would say connection can happen Sometimes content precedes community mm-hmm. and people connect with your content before they connect with the community your Absolutely. content represents. Absolutely. Other times people just go straight for the community and then your content ends up being supplementary. We have a bunch of people who have joined our, our Discord server that go, we didn't even know you had an online YouTube you had a YouTube channel. Wow. Uh, we People invited us here and I, I, you came across my feed on YouTube and I thought, that guy sounds familiar and I realized you make content. That is really Other cool. people, you know, they've watched my videos and they go, after like 10 live streams, you said you had a Discord, so I joined. So there's so many, and this is something we can talk about in the next podcast, but sure. as image bearers of God, as creators, we need to be mindful of the fact that there are degrees of connectivity. Hmm. Every person in our sphere, in our communities, is going to have a degree of connection. Mm. Some people are going to be super connected. They're in every ministry. They got a hand in everything that's going on. Other people, they feel so deeply connected just attending a Sunday service. Mm. Other people are super connected, you know, just by attending the the Wednesday night service where there's food and they get to fellowship and and then Sunday. So there's there's degrees of connectivity. Mm. So I cannot hold other people in my community to the standard of what I uh, decide is true connection. Mm. So if I go, this is this is true connection, you're not really involved unless you're a member. Mm. And now I'm holding other people in my church community to that standard. Mm. That becomes an unhelpful, and I think even ungodly judgment that doesn't find its grounding sure. in scripture. You can, sure. you can pull biblical Bible verses to promote the idea of membership, but mm. I don't believe you can pull any Bible verses that promote the idea of holding someone mm. to that standard of connection and mm. say, you're not really connected unless you fill mm. in the blank. Yeah. Um, because everyone it's relative at that point. It's yeah. subjective. So, yeah. um, I do believe we establish a sense of belonging mm. without sacrificing our values by having a culture, communicating that being consistent with that, creating content consistent with that, um, and not budging 
when it comes to the core beliefs. So we have uh, we've had atheists in our Discord server, mm-hmm. and and how do you? police you know quote unquote how do you police that yeah if if people go off you know this is the conversation our leadership is having when it comes to the discord is that there are people you know almost five thousand people that have joined and Mm. people are coming in by the droves so what do we do what's the filtering process someone can say they're good on paper and they believe the gospel but once they start interacting you know answering questions and and like praying with people and, and they start revealing like, oh gosh, you're a Buddhist, you know, mm. then it's like, well, how do we prevent th- from, uh, prevent ourselves from getting to that point? You know, mm. that's the conversation we're having. We want to be welcoming, not too strict on the filter. Yeah. Um, so we've decided to add almost another category of these are, this category is for people mm. who say they're not believers, but they're seeking. Yeah. And we have a, a, a unique um, degree of, of access for them. Sure. That still allows for community, but it's way more, um, uh, not controlled, but it's, we oversee it very diligently. Mm. Um, so that, that's something that comes to mind when I, when I think about, you know, how to be open minded and welcome without compromising core theological beliefs. For sure. I think something that came to mind, you were talking about like not being too strict on necessarily the filter. Um, one thing that like popped up in my mind was we, we shouldn't, you know, be loose either. I think one of the most dangerous things when establishing a culture is when you're so loose on the content, but you're so set on the community portion. Um, and what I mean by that is when somebody is so, um, I guess like lukewarm in the area of content that they're just kind of like passing by tough conversations in order to please the community portion. I think that's one of the most dangerous things that you can do when establishing uh, a community because nobody knows what anybody believes. We don't have tough conversations. We don't go through anything difficult and everything is just kind of, you know, Mm. you know, fuzzy and warm rather than being able to have tough conversations and building relationships that way, rather than, well, I just, I, I kind of know you and kind of like you. And I just think that that's, I, I don't think you can build a strong community out of that because you're not necessarily diving into the content, which would be for us as Christians, as believers, the word, right? And I think that's what I'm trying to get to is like, it's dangerous when you're not founded on the word in your community and you kind of just brush it off to the side and you say, well, we're a, a loving community and we serve people and we do, that's great. But, but where is our, our establishment of the word in this and, and our priority? Cause then you're bringing in people who think the same, well, I'm just here because it makes me feel good and I'm comfortable here. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're, you're, uh, what you're doing at that point is your giving people reason to be comfortable in sin. And hmm. that's the last thing we want as creators, as believers, and as Leaders. those who are setting uh, the standard, hopefully, in our communities.
What are some of the best ways that you personally, and talking to myself as well, have seen seeds planted in communities that you have played a role in establishing? Sure. How does this work on a daily basis, you know, in the home? Mm. Particularly, I want to focus in on the home. Yeah. The, those, are, those questions like go that. together. Yeah. Um, and I think some of the best ways I've personally seen seeds planted in communities that I've established in mm. terms of like seeing a culture blossom mm. is probably a youth group. Um, yeah. When leaders catch the vision, stole mine. and then the people, <laughs> I know, that's the only really that's real example said, we the have. Home part. <laughs> um, and then the leaders catch vision, and then the people mm. they're discipling catch vision, and then yeah. it begins to trickle down. And over months and over years, you, you notice like, hey, what I've envisioned and what the Lord has placed on my heart is really taking form. Mm. And it didn't come through necessarily a whiteboard and saying every day, this is our culture. Mm. That that might play a role, but it's more embodying that culture to the people you're leading, to the people you're you're preaching to. And we had a culture of fun. We had a culture of creativity. We had a culture of value, valuing the word and worship and prayer. Mm. And that was obvious. Mm. And because of that, we began to attract people that had those values already. Yeah. You know, so establishing a culture clearly and, and playing your role in cultivating that as a fellow, you know, member of the body, mm. you can actually begin to attract the right people and filter out as weird as it sounds like those who probably wouldn't be a good fit. And you don't have to go through the pain of months and months and months of hoping they're it. And then you realize, oh, dang, you have terribly different mm. cultural values. So, you know, when it comes to the home um, I have seen my son and my daughter, uh, I haven't verbalized this. Mm-hmm. I think verbalizing culture is key and reminding, but again, this is more about your lifestyle mm. embodying it where you don't have to continue telling your kids, this is what we value as a family. It, you could pull them aside and go, yeah, my mom and dad value this and we do. Mm. And Salem and Layla have, have moments where, because they're always seeing me like, not like I'm some theologian, you know, angelic being, but they see me with an open Bible a lot because I'm doing shorts or I'm reading and I'm highlighting. And, and there have been times where I've seen them on the, on the table, they have like a little open Bible or just a piece of paper with words and they, they've highlighted it mm. and they go, we're like daddy reading our Bible, right? It's because mm. my three-year-old doesn't really understand what the Bible is, but there's a culture that has unintentionally been set by me that mm. that reading the Bible is is what we do. It's yeah. it's natural. It's yeah. it's good. It's fun, and you know those kinds of things. That that's how I've seen that work in the home, or just mm. me loving my wife. Also, intentionally, when my children are around, or protecting and defending her when they're misbehaving, and say we don't treat mommy like that, mm. and then over time they begin to catch wind of this home culture yeah. is is one of valuing mommy and loving mommy mm-hmm. and respecting mommy. And they don't always do that, but the moments where they remember this is what daddy said and this is mm-hmm. how he lives and he kisses and hugs mommy a lot and we do too. Those are beautiful moments because they don't have to bring them back to the whiteboard and go, come on guys, we went over this play yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I can go, you've seen this over months of consistency yeah. and it's starting to take root. That takes time. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. I'll take the home part too and maybe finish off with some church stuff. But I think for me, like um, my dad was a, a big part of uh, me seeing like seeds planted in our home uh, when it comes to our faith. And 
Um, Shout I, out Papa Jeff. Yeah, I, he's probably listening to this actually too. So love, we you, love Dad. you, Papa Jeff. Um, but I think one thing we didn't really mention like specifically, but it's kind of just been, um, I guess, a, a subtle conversation is like one of the most important things about cultivating your community uh, through connection is actually the consistency of it. Um, and my dad, I think every, every single Sunday morning, I, I knew there was something wrong if my dad wasn't on the sofa with his coffee, with an open Bible and, uh, Dr. Charles Stanley playing on the TV. I thought you were going to say Dr. Pepper. No, <laughs> Charles Stanley playing, um, on the TV and, and he was, you know, before church service, he wow. was already going through a service and I would always ask him, like he would get mad at me when I would change the channel, like on the cartoons or something. And because my dad made it a priority to not only like just get the Sunday morning, like going to church thing, but sure having his own personal time. And then not only that, like every Sunday consistently we were going to church and that like we made it a thing as a, as a family. And I think that like those seeds that were planted in my life is the reason why, you know, I'm here today um, talking about the importance of consistency and uh, like just seeing my parents and their, their passion for serving in the church, their, their passion for serving people. Um, my dad, he's, uh, a great server when it comes to like cooking for people. He loves cooking for people. Master chef. Like he would, he would bring us to these, like uh, actually both my parents would bring us to, um, it would be like a homeless shelter, like weekend at, at the church where they would actually bring buses of homeless people and, um, you know, play games, share stories and cook for them and provide mm. for them. And that was just like a consistent thing that they did. And I think because of that, like, I'm able to pass that on, which I think is... You were is, impacted by yeah, it. Yeah, I like it's it's literally like made me and shaped me like to who I am today because they were consistent and they made it a thing to, to do that. And I think that just branches out to all different aspects of leadership, you know, as a parent, as a, you know, a, a discipleship leader in your small group, um, you know, as a, as a Bible study leader in your church, like wherever you're at, whatever position you're at, you're a part of a community, like whether you might not see it or not, or you feel lonely and isolated, you actually are a part of a community. Um, and not only that, if you like, actually that just came to mind too. Like if you are like not established in a healthy community, you need to be, Find and you it. need to be connected. Um, because basketball is my community at this point. Yeah, but like how great is that that we just we get to go and like play basketball at a church with, you know, fellow believers and mm-hmm. nobody's punching each other in the face when we get fouled or Not things yet. like that. Not, Not yet. yet. Something tells me Magnus tomorrow's gonna be, be listening to this. <laughs> Magnus. My guy. Um but yeah, I mean like just something as simple as that. Like we're something that I'm passionate about with people that are passionate about the same thing. Um, it's just a good connecting point. And I think that's, it is. that's a cool way to, to wrap this all up. That's right. So just know that you play a role in the community for sure that you're in. God has strategically planted you there and placed you there and you have that's a good. role, you have gifts, you have skills, but also know that it's not just being a part of a community. It's about being, uh, 
playing a role in cultivating that community. Yeah. It's one thing to like plug me in and play my role. It's another thing to say, hey, play your role, but also think about how you are shaping the culture of that community. Mm. That's what we're trying to get you guys to understand. And the next one we'll talk about, you know, again, com- cultivating community through communication, mm. uh, which involves the words, interactions. The, the life also speaks volumes. So hopefully you guys will be there to listen to that one. This one was fun. Awesome. And we'll see you guys uh, listen I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't see you. I don't listen to you. Well, you'll Maybe hear one our day. voices one on the next podcast. All right. I'll see you guys later. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to today's Above Reproach Church podcast. If you've benefited from this content or this ministry in any way, there are a number of ways you can support what we're doing to help people move towards Jesus. We're completely funded by generous supporters like you. So if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can head to AboveReproachMinistry.com slash donate and you can give through debit or credit card. You can give through PayPal. Venmo, Patreon, or even just mail a check to P.O. Box 338, Green Cove Springs, Florida 32043. Or grab some of our church merch to represent Jesus on your body wherever you go. Either way, while you're on the website, check out all of our free resources, our online church, my book Fruitful, as well as everything else going on in our online ministry. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep moving towards Jesus.